Shomrabyog. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sherlock. Sure, listen, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sherlock, sure listen. 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 Oh, very good, Ben. We're back for episode two of the year of 2024 of Our Lord. But look, we don't have time to get into the meaning of Anno Dominus because we've got loads of stuff to look at, including Abby has been cast in The Last of Us and everyone knows what that means, except me. (laughs) Also, Daredevil's got Deborah and Eldon back and probably, I imagine, the characters they play. The Brits! They're at it again. And, Benjamin, what's going on with Madame Webb's 1980s look? But not only that news, we've also got trailers. We've got trailers for Guy Ritchie's new movie. TV series. (laughs) TV series, The Gentleman, which he already made. And some Irish suspense in Double Blind. And The Walking Dead is back, apparently, in The Ones Who Live. Oh, listen, Mike. No, no, no. And, Ben, and we've got reviews. This is packed. We've got reviews. You and I both have read Ultimate Spider-Man 1, a.k.a. 35-year-old Sado Spider-Man. And (laughs) I've seen, but I don't think you have, almost the entirety of Echo. I didn't watch any of it, Michael. No, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. I only do a weekly pop culture podcast, but I'm more interested in talking about the main topic every week. And this week, Michael, we're talking about competence porn, the rise of competence porn. Why is it so damn popular? Why do grown men over 40 love Reacher so much? The answers might be in this episode. Hey, that feels targeted. <laughs> it does, yeah, because you're over 40. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. Come here to me. What Come it? here to me, Michael. Yeah. Speaking of old men over 40 being out of touch with things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on with uh, Abby from The Last of Us? Having a clue, Ben. So, yeah. my understanding, Ben, is the character of Abby is an indication that the bad thing is going to happen. And Yes, the bad thing that we mustn't talk about. The bad thing is going to happen, and there's no way we can talk about this without very enormous spoilers for The Last of Us. Now, I imagine the niche of people who have thoroughly enjoyed The Last of Us TV show and have no idea about the games is pretty small. Slim to none. Slim to none, a.k.a. Um, that was my rap name, Ben, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> those people, though, they're going to want to stop listening. They're going to want to fuck off right out of here because we're going to talk about what this means, apparently. And then the last of them left. Yeah, oh, very can good. listen to the spoilers. Yeah. See what I did there? Yeah. See what I did there? So, ladies and gentlemen, this is a genuine spoiler warning. I'm going to try and talk about it in a way that doesn't get us into No, trouble. no, no. Look, we've given them a warning, Benjamin. Fucking, I'll tell you what's going to happen, is Joel is going to die. Oh, yes, son of a bitch. I, we've, we've done the spoiler warnings a hundred times. Whoa. Whoa. We've done it a hundred anyway, times. come here to me. What? Abby, yeah. from The Last of Us 2, yeah. has been cast Uh-oh. in the HBO live-action series, and people aren't very happy, Michael. Yeah, people are never happy. Why are they not happy specifically this time, Ben? Well, Michael, in the parlance of the internet, yeah. Abby from The Last of Us 2, the video game. The video game, yeah, I've seen it, yeah. 
is known as something of a muscle mommy. Oh, a muscle mommy. Okay. They aren't. It's true. But Michael, come here to what me. What is it? Come here to me. There's also a committed bunch of, of players of that game, Michael, who love a muscle mommy. Who love a big tank of a woman who looks like they could crush us. I mean, them. Them. Yeah, yeah. Um, not <laughs> them, us. Those people. Not the last those of people. us. <laughs> not, not, not us. Those people over yeah. there. Um, and, Michael, they were hoping for a big strapping lumberjack of a woman. Oh, is that the um, controversy? To come on in there and play their muscle mommy. They wanted a big old, a big old muscle mommy. They wanted a woman who was jacked and stacked, baby. Mm. Like this TV's all China. Feels mildly, <laughs> yeah, like TV's China. This all feels mildly fetishistic, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, most of this podcast is, Benjamin. Wait till we get to the Spider-Woman bits. But instead, Michael, what we got... Yeah. What we got was Caitlin Denver, um, who we last saw on this podcast on No One Will Save Us. No One Will Save You. She's only a wee slip of a thing. She's only a wee slip of a thing. Now, Michael, if if Marvel has taught us anything, it's that steroids and a contract can get you a big bod. Yeah, yeah. Well, for men. It's very hard for, for women. Is it? Yeah, very hard, Benjamin. I mean, would you describe Natalie Portman in Thor Love and Thunder as hench? No. No. That's about no. That's about as big as it's likely to get, to be honest, without a lifetime of bodybuilding. Yeah, I mean, I, I figured we'd get someone else from the from the TikTok world. They should have cast someone like Lean Beef Patty. Oh, oh but she's done something, Ben, that people don't like. I don't know what it is. Oh, what's she done? I don't know, but the fact that I've heard of her means she's upset someone. That does. That's exactly what that means. <laughs> that's if what Michael that means. has heard of you. That's what <laughs> that means. And she's done or said something about probably... Ben, I'm just going to take a stab in the dark. Can I take a, just an utter stab in the dark? She's yeah. claimed to be natural and everyone has gone, yeah, right. Ah, yeah. People don't like that, Michael, when you claim to be natural and you're definitely not. No, no, because of all the steroids, you see. It's 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 the roids that do it, you yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, we'd all We'd all be that big if we were on the roids. Yeah, well, uh, probably bigger. Well, you still have to do a lot of exercise, Michael. Yeah, and yeah. to be honest, if I started taking roids, I'd just be sitting around and I wouldn't get any muscles. No. Um, but anyway, 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 anyway. They're not happy about it. They wanted their muscle mommy and instead they've just got a regular kind of housewife mommy and it's not, it's not really what people want. <laughs> it's not really what people that want. That feels worse than what I said. At least what it I does, said yeah. was like outdated and classless. What you've said is much more sinister. It's still outdated and classless. It's also it's also slightly sodgy. Yeah, um, and I apologise, but unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, we're really pushing to make it big in 2024, <laughs> and we're not going to do it through talent no. or good content. No. We're going to do it through sheer controversy. Just say something stupid that we don't agree with or can't back up, Ben. Yeah. Speaking of um, doing something stupid, um, Karen and what's his name? Foggy. Eldon Henson are going to be in Bloody Daredevil after all. Yeah. So, look, we we know already, Michael, that there have been extensive reshoots, rewrites, and re-everything on the Daredevil Born Again series from Disney+. And initially, when we heard about this, uh, we were losing uh, Karen Page, played by Deborah Ann Wall, mm. and Foggy Nelson, played by Eldon Hansen, off-screen. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, Michael, no fucking good. People didn't like it. People on the internet were like, that's not great. I want the characters back. I want all the characters back. Yeah, so there's there's been a report this week um, that claims that we are in fact going to see 
most of the important characters from Netflix's Daredevil back. Uh, John Bernthal is confirmed to be coming back, which we already knew. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, who's already been in a bit of of new Disney Plus content several times, Mm. Michael, uh, is back. And it looks like we're getting Eldon Henson and Deborah Ann Wall back as well. Now, there's no major breakdown of what role we're going to see them in, how often we're going to see them. We don't know if we're going to have overlap. I would personally like to see a Karen Page and uh, She-Hulk Girls Night Out. No, you wouldn't. At some point. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. You wouldn't. Yes, like I would. You wouldn't they'll even swap, watch They'll it. swap notes on, on um, Charlie Cox's... <clears throat> Cox? Yeah, 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 because they all they both slept with Daredevil. Oh, did Karen Page sleep with Daredevil? I don't remember that. I oh, maybe she didn't. Maybe she almost did. Oh, it's Rosario Dawson. Maybe Rosario mm. Dawson will come mm. back and they'll swap mm. notes. Did she sleep with him? I don't know if she did. I think she did, yeah. Did, oh, she? did she? Yeah, because he does that whole speech about a world on fire and we see his radar sense in the Netflix show, but we only see it once, Michael. We only ever see the world from his perspective once, and it's when he's in bed with Rosario Dawson. Yeah, that's interesting. We're not going to see it again because that show's never going to happen. Benjamin. Yeah. yeah. Speaking, speaking of... The Brits, though, can we just quickly check in with them and see Charlie Cox because he's he's British. He's but British, a, very good, very good. But, but a good lad, apparently. Yeah, a good lad. Played an Irishman in Kin. Yeah, very well. And did a great job, Michael. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 hang, yeah. Very he's unsettling. Hang, he's uh, hanging out with my mates doing MMA. It's really strange. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. He's doing MMA and swords. It's weird. Get out of town. We yeah. should go hang out with Charlie Cox and do MMA and swords. Nah. All right. I don't know. Okay, if they, well, I, I don't know if, if we rocked up, Benjamin, that they'd necessarily believe you were my friend, the MMA fighter. Yeah, no, that's it. All... It is a hard sell, yeah, Michael. Yeah. Until I start taking the steroids. Yeah, well, you could start taking the steroids, but that's not going to cancel out your kind of natural. Um, oh fuck! I forgot the name of the guy. I was going to accuse you of being like. Oh, that's very disappointing. What? A fitness? No, you know Foppery? the guy, the guy, the English guy. Dandy Escalator. Yeah, the English guy. He's in the bloody films. He's in the bloody Guy Ritchie films. The English guy. Hugh Grant? Hugh Grant, yeah. I, <laughs> it's not going to cancel out what a Hugh Grantish effort you would make at doing it. You're like, oh, 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 well, bloody, I'll give him, I'll give him a good punch now. Oh, oh, I've bloody twisted my wrist. What, Michael, if I practice the phrase... No, I'm just going to sit this one out, lads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. No, you go ahead, lads. I'm going to sit this one out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to sit this yeah, one yeah. out. Anyway, Ben, um, the Brits, the bad Brits, yeah. not the good ones like Charlie Cox. They're at it again. Uh, Michael, Sherell Barry Keoghan, he's skyrocketing over there in Hollywood. People love to watch him, and spoilers here for Saltburn, they love to watch him humping a grave or drinking some bathwater, Michael. Full of jizz. They're mad for it. Absolutely. Mad for it. Absolutely full of jizz, that bathwater was. Just slurping it up, ladies and gentlemen. Just slurping it up. And they love him for it. And he's great. He's a great young fellow, Michael. He's got charisma. Yeah. He's had a bit of work done. Yeah. He's got a chiseled jawline now. Great stuff. He's done a bit of MMA. All together. He's done a bit of MMA. He could probably kick my ass. Oh, I'd say so, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely, yeah. definitely. Him and Paul Meskel would double team me. And not in the way the internet thinks. Um, <laughs> but come here to me. They might as well, that though. Yeah, they might as well that though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah anyway, yeah. anyway, come here to me. GQ claimed him this week. They said he's one of our most promising actors. To which everybody in Ireland went, "Excuse me, GQ. Sorry, me, what do you mean our? Sorry, GQ UK. What was that? Excuse what me. What do you mean our? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Um, to the point that they have issued a retraction and said, "Oh, we're very sorry. We just thought we'd get away with it because you know we were at it again. Lads, <laughs> <laughs> um, they didn't. We're at it again. Yep." And they didn't. Uh, but come here to me, Michael. It's okay 
Go on. I mean, it's not okay. It's never okay. Fuck you, uh, British GQ. But it, come here to me. It's okay because we're getting a new Irishman to Hollywood. Are we? Oh, great. Who is it? Yeah. So everybody's favourite actress from The Bear, Sydney, A.O. Edeberry. Edeberry? I'm going to get that wrong, and I apologise to everyone listening um, mm. if I do, but it's A.O. Edeberry. She is uh, claiming to be Irish, Michael, which is very enjoyable for everyone on the internet. Um, so this is hilarious, Michael, because it's causing something of a stir on the internet. Um, first of all, Americans are losing their minds because they don't know if she's joking or not. Because Good. famously, Michael, yes. famously, Americans don't have a sense of humour. Yeah, yeah, they don't understand <laughs> jokes, famously. Yeah, they don't get humour, Michael. It's yeah. just not a thing they understand. Yeah. Um, so Ayo Idabiri is, in fact, um, Nigerian-American, and she comes from Boston. Um, Boston is her, her native turf. But very recently, Michael, there's been a lot of chat about her being Irish. Um, only double down. I was only last night, Michael, at the time of recording, on the 14th of January, 2024, she accepted an award she won for playing Sydney in the Bear, Michael, at the Critics' Award, and thanked her home nation of Ireland, to which yeah. everyone went, what? Yeah. What do you mean? The famous Irish-American character, Sydney. So, Michael, this is obviously a joke, but it goes back to an interview she gave to Letterboxd last year, um, where she talked ben, about all the preparate... Yes. Why is it obviously a joke? Um... Well, it's not. Uh, that's fair. But it's obviously never been mentioned before very recently. Okay. That A.O. <laughs> is, is, is Irish. But the reason that it's uh, kind of become a joke, Michael, is because she gave an interview to Letterboxd last year um, where she talked about the extensive work she did in preparation for Martin McDonough's film Banshees of Inish Aaron oh, and yeah. how she lived in Ireland to prepare, her for, to prepare for her role as Jenny the Donkey. She was great in it. She was Fucking fabulous in it, Michael. Flawless Fabulous in it. Yeah. Now, we have taken that, Michael, as Irish people, and we've pulled what can only be cry- uh, described as a bit of a Brit move. Oh, no. We claimed her. We've claimed her. And you know what, Michael? She loves it because she just keeps playing into it, um, including in award speeches where she's like, yeah, great. Um, so we're all having a great time. But a lot of Irish publications here, um, including the Irish Times, District Magazine, and a few other things, have been putting up posts congratulating Irish native AO Edibury as part of the joke, to which comment sections from international um, <laughs> uh, commenters are like, she's not, though. She's not. Good. Good. And we're like, yes, we know. That's the <laughs> joke. That's, That's the, the joke. joke. Foreign people. So I just want to say, isn't it great to see an Irish young one winning so many awards? It's great. It's great. She's this generation's Saoirse Ronan. She's this generation's Saoirse Ronan. Long may she continue. Ganairi la Eo Edebiri. Lat. Ben. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, go on. Go on. Um, gentleman's back. It was only a film a few <laughs> weeks ago, but now it's back and it's a TV show. That's a few years ago, Michael. Time few, is little few weeks ago. Time is weird, man. Time is weird. So we got a trailer for this two hours before recording. So you'll you'll forgive us, ladies and gentlemen, if we're not really uh, up to. Well, no, you won't forgive us, ladies and gentlemen. Give us a hard time. Teach Give us a, a lesson. Yeah, yeah, make it go um, viral. Yeah, make it go viral. Just mock us. Yeah, like lean beef patty. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's what we could be called. That's, yeah, that's Lean my, beef uh, patties. That's my um. That's my thirst trap Instagram account name. <laughs> That'd be fucking great. Yeah, it's just me shirtless oh, with a patty cap on. And Michael, we should absolutely start a content stream where you teach me how to fight MMA. With the ultimate episode being me getting my ass kicked by either Paul Meskel yeah. and Barry Kogan or Charlie Cox, or Charlie which is Cox, more likely. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Or Charlie it. Cox. He, I'll take anyone. He could do it for um, the but we should call it lean beef patties. That would be very funny. Very good. Okay, put it in the put it in the notion then. <laughs> put it in the notion. We'll make it happen. Anyway, we got a trailer, Michael, for um, for, for the Gentleman TV series from none other than Netflix. Yeah, from Guy Richard. From Guy Richard, old Guy Richard himself. Mm. Uh, so Guy Ritchie is is just cashing in. Why wouldn't you? The Gentleman was a very enjoyable little romp, and I suppose they've just decided to make money out of it. They love money, Benjamin. It's got, as the lead actor, one of the most Guy Ritchiest men who's never Guy Ritchied before. Um, yeah. That budget guy from one of the Underworld films. Uh, yeah, I can't remember his name, Michael. <laughs> I, I'm going to look it up here. But, okay. uh, they've yeah. Got, yeah, they've got the budget guy from one of the Underworld films. They've got um, her from Out of Skins. Effie. Her name was Effie, yeah. She was in Skins. And they've yeah. got, who have they got, Ben? Only Ray Bleeding Windstone. Yes, misogyny personified, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to understand that joke, you'll have to go back quite a bit yeah, in the lore the, of this podcast. Yeah. But uh, yeah, to the, good old to the misogyny personified. Look, it looks like typical Guy Ritchie stuff. I don't know if there's much we can say about this, Michael. Um, John Carlo Esposito is there. He is um, there. <laughs> he's he's an American. He's playing. He's essentially playing the the American muscler in. That was the counterpart to uh, Matthew McConaughey's Southern Gentleman the last time. Mm, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Your man from Succession. It's Theo James, by the way, is the the young man who's Theo James. Uh, never Guy Ritchie, but should have Guy Ritchie several times before this. Um, yeah. So in the in the Gentleman, the movie, uh, Michael Jeremy Strong plays uh, an American muscling in on some British territory. And I think it's a similar thing from this. It'll be interesting to see if we get any cameos from the movie cast, because it looks to be following a similar plot. Theo James has a big aristocratic home. And we know, Michael, from the Gentleman movie, that it's people like Matthew McConaughey who are keeping those those rich aristocratic families in money. Yeah, 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 exactly. And yeah. he was uh, in uh, Underworld Awakening, a.k.a. the worst underworld. Is it the worst underworld, is it? Yeah, yeah, easily. I don't think I ever watched past one. I think one is as far as I got. And then Well, we'll do a retrospective. Yeah, Michael Sheen gave me some very confusing thoughts and I had to turn it off. off. (laughs) Remember he was running behind that car real fast? Yeah, it was bad. I didn't know what was going on. Didn't know what was going on. My search history was a mess for weeks afterwards. Um, But come here to me, Michael. Come here to me. This looks like fun. This will be grand. Benjamin, I'm just looking at your search history here because, as you know, I have a, an instant hack into your search you history. You do. You do. And uh, it seems that you've written here, why is Tony Blair a werewolf? <laughs> and yeah. then the next line says, Tony Blair, werewolf, sexy. Yes. Uh, believe me, Michael, I didn't think I'd find much. I was wrong. <laughs> I was loads. wrong. Absolutely wrong. loads. Gigabytes. Terabytes. Anyway, Ben. Yeah, we'll yeah. watch this. It looks fine. Yeah, it looks grand. It looks like a bit of crack. Um, it's going to be silly. It's going to be out there. It's going to be grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah it'll be grand. Um, be grand. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of things, Michael, that m- might be grand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. 
Uh, now, Michael, I've made a horrible mistake here, but it's fine. What I'm going to fix done? it. I'm going to fix it later, Michael. <laughs> I'm going to fix because yeah. we've what skipped over a very important thing that you want to talk about. What I'm going to put it over? in here now. We're what gonna... do we skip over? <laughs> I bet that's my favorite thing this week. <laughs> but I'm putting it in the running order. Okay. Um, and it's going to go up next to our Spider-Man news later on. So that's fine. We can segue smoothly in there. But I'm sorry, Michael. I didn't mean to do that to you. All right, but that's Michael, quite all right. yes. speaking of things that are probably going to be all right... <laughs> oh, I fucking doubt it. Um, double Blind is coming out, Michael, oh, from Irish blind. studio Wildcard Productions. A bit of old television Ireland going on. A bit of here. old television. Now, this is a film that's coming out on February 9th, Michael. We only just got the trailer, so it's a limited marketing campaign, we could say. Um, <clears throat> but come here to me, Michael. Do you, do you ever get a bit cranky when you don't sleep? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. I don't like not sleeping. I love sleeping, me. Sleep I'll probably is the best. Do you know what I'd probably never do? Stay awake for 72 hours. Yeah, or go into a trial where they asked me to do that. I probably wouldn't do that. What um, if they used drugs, though, Ben? What if they said, we've got a rake of drugs for you? I mean, I mean, maybe, Michael, but they want to be paying a fair amount. Do you know what would probably make me do it? What? If it was all filmed for a televisual film? Yeah, or if I had no friends, no family, no connections, and was essentially a prime candidate for a nefarious, unethical experimentation. Oh, I'd love to make a film. Ben, was there not a film about this? I don't know. This film has happened. It was has called it? the Kaz- Kazanarov effect or something like that. No, that sounds good, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Um, you spin your wheels about this while I, because that's just come back to the top of my head. I'm going to look it up. But you spin your wheels about this Irish attempt at the story. Well, Michael, it's in a big white facility. Yeah, a classic uh, creepy... It felt at the start like a creepy office, but it's not. It's a creepy lab. Yeah, what's going on in that creepy lab? The uh, the forerunner to what's going on in that creepy office, Michael? It, I don't know if this has the capitalist post... It doesn't have the late-stage capitalist je ne sais quoi that I look for in a film these days, Michael. But it does have a... Oh, you probably shouldn't let people stick drugs in you, though. That's probably not great. Mm. Mm. Okay. So it looks to be, Michael... It looks to be... Go on. That this drug is going to keep you awake, but then... It stops keeping you awake, and if you fall asleep, you die. Which is very counterintuitive, Michael. I don't, I don't really know how that would work at a certain point. But they're going to keep giving you the drugs and upping the dosage. The mysterious voice is going to up the dosage. And it's got a classic, Michael. It's got a classic by the looks of it. Doctor who thinks they're doing the right thing suddenly realises they're doing the wrong thing and then comes to realise that they were never in control of the experiment in the first place. Classic. Classic. I only wanted to do science for good things. No, says mysterious voice on the screen. You can't. Science is only to be used for evil. Evil. Ben, this was a, a creepy pasta, basically, that went around called the Russian or the Soviet sleep experiment. Oh, good. Okay, so we're just turning it into a to an old film, are we? Well, I don't know if this film has anything to do with it, but the, the ah, whole, probably does. The whole thing was five test subjects being exposed to experimental sleep inhibiting stimulant in the Soviet era experiment. I mean, Michael, that sounds an awful lot like the trailer for Double Blind doesn't from Wildcard Productions. Doesn't it very yeah. much so? It does indeed. Yeah, yeah, it does indeed. And it was made um, into a film called The Soviet Sleep Experiment, but I can't find much about it. In fairness, this has a catchier name. Double blind. It does. I get it because double yes. blind is a like a scientific term for uh, experiments. But yeah. I thought this was going to be a kind of like um, 
now you see me no is that the magic one yeah it is yeah, yeah <laughs> i yeah, thought yeah. it was going to be like a hush or a quiet place sort of blindness based horror yeah, yeah. but it's not a classic it's, not, it's nothing to do with being blind it's to do with the scientific term double blind well i suppose in a sense michael when you die you're blind so a lot of people look like they're dying in the trailer yes exactly well benjamin do you know what the scientific term double blind means it means that I, no i don't go on it means that it me. both the 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 candidates in the um experiment and the people conducting it don't know what it's for yeah that sounds about right doesn't so it? they can't influence the results so that's i think that's the play on the doctors don't know what they're doing either Nobody knows. Nobody, Nobody knows, knows what's going on. And then, Michael, they, they do a big spoiler for the character that we might have been supposed to trust at the end where he goes, I haven't been completely honest with you. And Michael, do you know how we know he's the bad guy in an Irish film? Because he has long hair. No, he's a Brit. <laughs> They're at it again. I <laughs> knew they were again. fucking at it again, Benjamin. No, if I had a, if I had a shilling... For every time a Brit has tried to trick me into a 72-hour no-sleep experiment with stimulants from a Russian facility, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd have three shillings, but that's three a lot. Three shillings, yeah, yeah. And I think that's I know lot. the very Brit you're talking about. And I would say, just go for it. Just go for it. Gas crack. It's gas crack. I haven't, I haven't felt right since, but it's grand. It's gas crack. It's gas crack. Come here to me. Come here to me, Michael. What? Speaking about things that I'll need stimulants to stay awake for. Yep. Those who live in Australia this week. Who knew this was real? When they said... I caught it. Yeah. When they said Rick Grimes is leaving The Walking Dead, but he's going to come back in a film with Michonne in 10 years' time, everyone went, yeah, right. But no, apparently it is. Is it a film? Is it a film? I don't know. Oh, I assumed it was a film. No, I feel, like, film? I feel like they're going to shove another series down our throat, Michael. Uh, well, they won't. They won't shove it down our throat, Ben. Because who's watching The Walking Dead anymore? Well, we, we had that season of Norman Reedus went to Europe. Nobody liked it. Um, it is. It's a television series. Excuse me. Oh, dear God. Um, I don't particularly care. <laughs> um, yeah. But I was never a Walking Dead fan, Michael. I I think you know. The Walking Dead has now become a, an exemplar of itself. It is a shambling corpse that just keeps lurching forward and we cannot <laughs> stop it. Um, this is, in, in the same way that Norman Reedus goes to Europe was zombies in another place that isn't the south of America. This is uh, Michonne goes to Yankee territory up the, up the north. There's, yeah. there's three of these now because the other one that I've completely forgotten about, Michael, is the Dead City. Um, ben, there are seven of them. Spin-offs? Well, there's the original and six spin-offs. What are the other spin-offs? Fear of the Walking Dead. Ah, yeah, all right, fair enough. Uh, World Beyond, which got two seasons. Okay. Um, Tales of the Walking Dead, which only got one season. What the fuck is that? An anthology series. Oh, God. Um, there was Dead City. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Which you've seen. Um, is that the one with Negan? That's the one with Negan where he comes back. There was, like, the the show we've been calling Norman Reedus, but is just as unoriginally named Daryl Dixon. Yes. And then The Ones Who Live. Yep. Yeah. That's right? that's too many spin-offs. <laughs> some, some would argue. Um, but look, it's a, it's a juggernaut. It's a pop culture juggernaut that keeps on chugging away. A shambling corpse that will not be stopped. Exactly. Um, I'm, I'm not going to watch this. There's not a chance. Not a chance in the world. It did, look, let's let's talk about the trailer very, very quickly. All right. Um, 
It doesn't look interesting. It no. looks like Andrew Lincoln replacing the role of, Oh, are you a bastard, sir? Yes, I am. And then him doing that. That was far more Dean Winchester than it was... I don't think um, it was even as Dean Winchester as you think it was. It was a little bit more Mr. Rogers, I think. All right, okay, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with that. I thought it, it felt a little bit Tom Hanks at certain points as okay, well. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, yeah. It, like, it's just another thing of... Is Rick Grimes really a bastard? Yes, he is. Um, and I'm sure we'll have lots of questions of, are you worse than the cure? Are you mm. a terrible person? Um, mm. And then Michonne will find him and they will probably fall out um, as a result of that. But look, it'll be a ragtag bunch of people brought together. Some of them will be good. Some of them will be bad. The zombies will be there, Michael. But as we know in The Walking Dead, they're not the real threat. They're not the real threat then because as... Every zombie series inevitably leads towards, it turns out, the real threat is fascism. The ones who live. The ones who live. The people with the faceless face masks and the lining up in lines and wearing black clothes. Yep, and they did that at the end. It's Andrew Lincoln in a faceless mask. And we're like, oh no, he's become part of the problem. He's become a fascist. He's become a fascista. Mm. Um, so yeah, that, that I mean, that'll happen. That'll yeah. happen. Yeah, yeah. Um Speaking of TV series that are inexplicably in existence, yeah, um, you've you've watched one. <laughs> I have. I've watched Echo Ben. I yeah. meant I'm I'm one episode away, and I am going to watch it. I'm one episode away from maintaining my very sad track record of being <laughs> the only living man who has seen every piece of MCU content. Even keep stuff. telling you don't have to do it. I, I know. I, I know. I don't have to do it, and I kind of made a commitment that I wasn't going to do it anymore, and yet. Here we are. And I am Here doing it. We are. Yet again, I am watching every piece of MCU content, no matter how generic it is. So, Benjamin, this is a five-episode limited series. It's about two and a half hours of content, a full half an hour of which is a slightly padded-out recap of um, Hawkeye season... Hawkeye. Hawkeye's only season because we're never seeing that again exactly so there's about two hours and ten minutes of new material here okay just about enough to qualify as a series but Mm. it was originally supposed to be eight episodes and Kevin Fiege if you to to use the original pronunciation of his name before it was Americanized yes um, he saw the eight episode series and said this is unbroadcastable Chop it up and do reshoots, and let's see what we could make of it. And what they made of it was this weird nonsense. So what's going on? What's the deal? Well, there's two things going on. And one of them kind of makes sense, but is generic. And one of them is utterly bonkers. Okay, go on. So the two things going on are, Ben, thing number one. Um, Maya Lopez, a.k.a. Echo, who's... Name now no longer makes sense because she doesn't have the powers that make her echo in the comics. Yes. So she doesn't echo anything. So let's just call her Maya because that's what everybody else calls her. She is recovering from her showdown with Hawkeye and the Kingpin and all of that that happened. And she goes home to her home on the reservation in Oklahoma. Fair. So she and is one, Native American. She is Native American, yes. Okay. Um. The character Echo in the comics is Cheyenne, but the character Echo in the TV series is... I can't remember what the name of the Indians are. Different. 
So it's uh, you can't you know, say Indians. Yeah, you can. You can they do. Stop that. They do. They do. Stop it. Um, stop it. But yeah. anyway, um, so a bit of a race swap. But look, that's neither here nor there. Um, so she goes home to the reservation, and mm-hmm. she's just awful. She's a terrible person, and she decides to continue her war with the Kingpin's men via acts of terrorism on his men from the home reservation. Inevitably, Ben, leading to them coming and doing a big showdown of, like, New York gangsters versus natives. Res dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, any show which has someone going back to the reservation, refinding their roots, and then teaming up with the natives to defeat the, the whatever the baddies are. The Magnificent Seven. For example. Well, the Magnificent Seven's a bit different. It's it's not really a Magnificent Seven structure. She doesn't um she doesn't get a gathering of other heroes. Kind of, until she kinda of does. Mm. Um Choctaw people is there we the, go. is the is the Indian the Native Americans in this. I, I feel that they call themselves Indians. I'm I say Indians because I watch Letter Kenny and in Letter Kenny they call themselves Indians. I'm going to let you spin your wheels on this one, buddy. All I'm right. not helping. That's fine. So anyway, um, so that's all going on and that's rubbish. But then it gets really weird because... Go on. Do you remember in the show, uh, Hawkeye, they really focused yeah. in on um, Maya Lopez's connection with her Native American past? Did they? No, they didn't. They never mentioned ah, it. Very once. good. It was completely irrelevant. It, See what you did there. It just happened very to good. be a thing about her character. But Benjamin, guess what happens when she goes home? Uh, is there a spirit animal? Benjamin, she connects with the spirit of her past. And oh, gets, for fuck's sake! And gets vague Native American superpowers. Is she the character from What If? Does she get transformed into the character from What If? Oh, it's broadly similar. Okay. So, no. um, <laughs> it's bonkers. It's, 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 Marvel is going through its reparations phase for Native Americans. It, that's the only explanation for it, because they are just obsessed with, here's Indian representation through American history. Oh. Anyway, look, they're all just Americans, so just call them Americans. Just do that. Why can't you just call them Americans? So just, anyway, just do that. Um, she connects with her American history. Yeah. Through all of the other badass women who have been part of the Choctaw tribe. Right. Uh, and <laughs> she just gets powers, Ben. She just gets vague oh, Native American no. powers. And guess what, though? What? Not only does she get powers, she can transfer them Power Rangers-esque to the other women in the tribe. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She can just kind of like pass some of the powers into other women. Only women, though. Only Well, that's, that's look. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's nonsense. Yeah. It's utter nonsense. It's incoherent. Daredevil is in it for about 90 seconds. Why? He, in the flashback, in the kind of establishing scenes, she fights him to almost a standstill and then he runs away. Why and does she fight Daredevil? What's that got to do with it? She's a baddie, Ben. Oh, sorry. Okay. All she's right. a baddie. And okay. I mean, she's unrepentantly a baddie. She's still a baddie at the end of this. But just like 
a good baddie because she's American. Okay. I guess. Nonsense. Right. Absolute nonsense. I've seen criticisms of it, Ben, that, you know, it's all about diversity and it's all about ticking boxes and it's all about a um, amputee, deaf, Native American main character. I forgot she was an amputee. She is an amputee. There's quite a big deal made of her being an amputee in it. And I've seen a lot of criticism from angry people on the internet who are angry about everything that if you wanted to watch a show about deaf people doesn't make sense and it's rubbish and it's rubbish because it's deaf and, you know, sometimes it's with subtitles, sometimes it's with interpreters, sometimes there's some of the characters speak slowly and sign at the same time, some of them only sign. And it's like, if that's your issue with it, I think you've missed the point. That's actually... And as you know, Benjamin, I am a very strong opponent of representation for representation's sake. You are. It's cost us nothing on this podcast. Nothing. It's cost us absolutely nothing. But yeah, Yeah. exactly. But I, I don't like representation for representation's sake. I love good representation. Yes. Fabulous. Like yes. characters that work of people with diverse backgrounds and histories and cultures. But like America's current obsession, and it is really America's current obsession with what is your, what? how do you identify great, that's, that's who we need. Hate it, like against it, um, especially because of such a, a spin around on it. Do you remember when Idris Elba was cast in Thor? Yeah, and the internet lost their shit because they said, if it's a Norse god, surely a, a white Scandinavian person should be playing him. And, no. the, and the internet and, and Marvel and Disney said, no, 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 it's about the character, not the person playing it. Yeah. Yeah, not anymore. They changed their mind on that. Oh, they changed their mind yeah. on that. It's now you, now you do have to be, if you're playing a native character, you have to be Native American if you're playing. No, that, that's fair. You know, anyway, that's neither here nor there. If if that's what you're complaining about about this show, if the deaf representation, if the fact that sometimes people are signing, sometimes people are speaking and signing, sometimes people are using interpreters, if that's your problem with it, you might be an arsehole. Well, that's just, it, it sounds, Michael, yeah. as a man who's never seen the show, yes. it sounds like that's actually just a reasonable representation of the broad spectrum of communication used by those who don't have hearing. Exactly. And to want to want to like why doesn't everyone just sign with subtitles or why doesn't everyone just use an interpreter or why doesn't everyone just speak and sign yeah to want that consistency is actually kind of a sign that maybe this type of representation is needed maybe it is good to have a deaf lead character every once in a while maybe you should understand that not everybody can use the same means of communication yeah yeah even if they've lost another sense yeah 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 or not necessarily lost but possibly even been born without um yes but great in that sense like i i didn't only not have an issue with that i thought that was interesting because i don't personally have a lot of experience with deaf people you don't so seeing all of these different ways that deaf people communicate with other deaf people with partially deaf people with people who don't sign but are trying their best that's all kind of good stuff it's pretty good yeah the the only problem is that the superhero side of it is absolute rubbish nonsense yeah, superpowers, boom. <laughs> like, it's such a bizarre turn for this character to become an avatar of Native American spirit. 
Not only that, Michael, but there's, there's been a lot of discourse in the last couple of years. And again, I say this as a man who hasn't seen the series, but there, there has been a lot of discourse and a lot of advocacy from uh, First Nations groups over the last couple of years against this idea of um, the, the spirit of Native Americanness or the, the guiding spirit or the, you know, the it, it essentially treads on the toes of the magical negro trope this idea that to be native american is to be wise and sage and you know in touch with the earth in a way that people can understand there's been a lot of advocacy from first nations groups been like no we're a modern people um we're not all you know out in the fields raising our hands to the wind mother or you know whatever whatever have you so it's it's quite interesting because it does seem to be a stock set of native american superpowers oh it's gas it's fucking absolutely mm. gas. Mm. And, like, I, I honestly wasn't expecting it. I was expecting a hard-bitten New York drama about someone who happened. Like, rubbish. I was expecting it to be rubbish. But it was yeah. a totally different type of rubbish than I thought it was going to be. Because I didn't think it was going to be about her going home and getting Native American superpowers. It's <laughs> It's fucking so weird. It's, it's so pretty weird. bad when you say it out loud. It'd be like it? if Foggy Nelson went to Dublin in the next season of Daredevil and got possessed by the spirit of the she of Guinness. Yeah, he got he got <laughs> possessed by the spirit of Arthur Guinness, who gave him the powers of the greatest brewmaster of all time. Like, oh lads, come on, please. But anyway, yeah, it's not great. Um, Daredevil's barely in it, uh, and what's yeah, it's. You know, that's it. What's Vinny did in like? What's what's the oh, old king dreadful, up to? Ben, dreadful. Abs- oh no! Absolutely, character assassination of Kingpin. Oh, <sighs> um, I'll do a big spoiler because I don't think anyone's going to watch it. But um, she defeats him by going into his head with her newfound vague Native American powers, mm. and helping him to resolve his childhood trauma of... Ah, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> and he has a big cry. Kingpin has a big cry. Ah, that's silly. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, oh, it's the death knell. We're in the death knell, Ben, of the MCU, having any sort of reason to keep it's, watching. It's it's just so many duds in a row, man. Oh, it's insane. It's great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Speaking of weird attempts at popularity, um, you and I have both read a comic this week, Michael, and this is the first time we've mentioned a comic on this podcast since last week. Uh, But previous to that, in many, many months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, But we both read Spider-Man number one by Jonathan Hickman. Ultimate Spider-Man number one. Ultimate, sorry. Ultimate Spider-Man number one by Jonathan Hickman, Michael. And I have to say... Hey. I know you said it's Spider-Man for sad 35-year-old people. Hold on, shut up a second. What? Jonathan Hickman and Marco Cicchetto. Sorry, Marco Ticetto. Yes, sorry, I forgot the artist. That is a, a big shame on me, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but come here to me. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate Look, it. Look, Ben, can, I get, can yeah. I get into this for a second? You're a big Spider-Man fan, a so I think you should. big Spider-Man fan, Ben. Look, I've got it here. You've got it in front of you, Michael. I've got it in front of me. Um, I got it from the comic book shop. Um, ben, the original Spider-Man was mm. a little dweeby 16-year-old with round glasses who was getting bullied in school because he was more into science than football. Yeah. And that character was created as a power fantasy to be sold to that type of reader because that was the type of reader there were for comic books in the 60s. 
Yeah, they were looking for nerds. Exactly. So it was like, hey, nerds, is your life shit and everyone keeps bullying you and like spilling your lunch tray on you and giving you a big yeah. wedgie? Well, what if you got bitten by a spider? Wouldn't that be cool and awesome? And you'd have great responsibility. And that was the fantasy of Spider-Man. Nerdy yeah. teenagers getting to live out a kind of double life as a wise-cracking superhero girl-saving badass. But Michael... The movies, Ben, completely <laughs> lost track of this. Yes. Because first of all, they cast 35-year-old Tobey Maguire as a high schooler. And Very everyone strange. was like, this guy's not a nerd. This guy is like an undercover narc in high yep. school. But yep. then after that, they they cast incredibly handsome and tall and beautifully haired Andrew Garfield. Yes. And everyone was going, this guy doesn't need help. This guy's not a nerd. Who, this guy's very attractive. Yeah. What is this, a power fantasy for tall, attractive men with full heads of hair? Fuck those guys. They already are living the power fantasy. There's a point to that one, ladies and gentlemen. You didn't see the pain that flashed across Michael's <laughs> yeah, yeah, face. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm bald. So what? And then they cast the tiniest, handsomest man in all the world, Tom Holland. Who's never had a day of hardship in the MCU in his life. He's never had a day of hardship in his life, Ben. Look at Tom Holland's life. He's the most handsome and successful of the Holland brothers. He's dating Zendaya. I don't think they are anymore. Have they broken up? I I don't know. We're not, we're not, I'm not up to date on that, but I don't think they are anymore. Well, that's not the nature of this podcast. My whole point is that he's not a nerdy little dweeb. And this is, it's a weird power fantasy. So, yeah. what they've what Jonathan Hickman has done in this is gone. The audience for for comic books is not sixteen year old dweebs anymore. It's thirty five year old dweebs, and specifically, yeah. it's thirty five year old men, a little bit pudgy in the middle, who have a vague feeling that their life has gone slightly wrong and that they were destined for some sort of greatness that hasn't happened, and this. Now, well, ladies and gentlemen, remember that I said a second ago when I when I said about the tall men with the full head of hair and I looked pained. You should have seen Ben's face when I said that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Do that again. <laughs> and this, Ben, this is a power fantasy for you people. I mean, those people. <laughs> those people over there. Those people over there, those. not you specifically. So, yes, that's probably why you like that is- it. That's the most accurate representation of this comic I think I could possibly... Michael, that was an excellent analysis of what this comic is. Well done, you. Well, I've read it. Um, I think it's a little pinch of that. Or well, I think it's a heaping dose of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I also think it's come fresh off the back of the Zeb Wells run, um, which everybody fucking hated, um, including Spider-Man fans who were like, is anyone ever going to treat Peter Parker nicely mm. is he ever going to have a nice life and jonathan hickman apparently quite likes peter parker yeah. um and has gone yeah I'm go- we're going to take away his powers mm. but he's going to have a relatively good life yeah he's got two kids he's got two kids that he loves yeah. and they like him yeah, yeah. they get on well yeah, yeah. hot wife um, his hot hot wife yeah. um adores him yeah. and, she's and he like, adores yeah, her and she's like you do whatever you want baby um he's got a great job yeah Decent job. Um, his old jo- his old boss who hated him in other realities loves him, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. He's like an uncle he never had. Mm-hmm. Um, uncle Ben didn't die. Yeah. Aunt May did. <gasps> no, but only recently. I'm going to deal with that. Uh, yeah, but only more recently. So he's had a pretty good... Like, like, people, when they get to 35, they're going to lose their 
their aunts yeah, and uncles. That's that's normal. Yeah. Um, look, this uh, he has a good life, and then they throw the spanner in the works, and just like, yeah, but I'm just not happy with it. You know, mm. I just I just don't love it. it. Makes sense of ennui. Just don't love it. And what's what's worse, what the ultimate power fantasy is, Michael, is that this you've turned me against it now. But the ultimate power <laughs> fantasy, of this. <laughs> is that it turns around because I really liked the Peter Parker got kind of a happy ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet you did. Um, but I did like that. Like he has a he has a good life. He has a happy family. He but that's not what gets he wanted. Ben, he was destined for something special. But he wanted to be a special little boy. Yeah, exactly. And this justifies it because he receives a Deus Ex Iron Man, yeah. um, in the form of Tony Stark being like, "You were special. You mm. had your destiny robbed from you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you like it back, Peter? There's and he goes, your "There's your fantasy." Like, yes, please. He's just had the most supportive conversation with his wife ever, where his wife is like, "Look, you've been a bit glum. There's no doubt about it. And um, yeah. you do what you need to do." Yeah. To now, millions of men across the world have had this conversation with their wives, where their wives have turned around and gone, "Book the fuck up. You're 35." Yeah. Get over it. Cop yourself on. Cop yourself, Cop yourself two, on. There's two kids in their bedrooms up there. Yeah. You stick with that fucking job and you make yeah. it work. You make sure you pay this fucking mortgage. Just start a podcast and get all your shit out that way. Yeah, just start a fucking podcast and book the fuck up. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah now I'm going back to watch fucking Love Island. I'm watching Love Island. fucking Savignon. Yeah. Fuck off. I'm dying to find out who's with... I don't know anything about Love And Island. Darren, I if I hear any more of this fucking shit... <laughs> I swear to fucking Christ, I tell your ma. Yeah. And, and that's that's in. what it was. And when you went to your dad with it, your dad would be like, son, will you ever book the fuck up? <laughs> like, fuck just up, get yeah. on with it. Get on with it. But this is, his wife is like, no, no, you are a little bit special. Yeah, go on, you off are, you go. You are, I've always known you're a special boy. You do you, bae. You do you, bae. And oh, I hate it now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, listeners, I've ruined another comic for Ben with concise mockery. But I have to say, it is it is a fun, well put together comic. It's a nice alternate version of Peter Parker. It's, is it? He's he's got a good life. He's not happy with it. No, he's got a good life. Yeah, he's and just that a was nice fucking ingrate. He's an ingrate. That's what he fucking is. <laughs> he's he's a, fucking a fucking ingrate. ingrate. He's got two loving kids, a fucking hot wife. He's a fucking ingrate. Yeah. He's an ingrate. Hang on, I'm going to have to let the cat out here. You spin your wheels and let call the, him more of an ingrate. Let the cat... He's a fucker. He's got a hot wife, Ben. He's got two kids who love him. He's got a decent enough job. And he's like, no, I'm destined to be something more special. Fuck that guy. In the fucking bin with him. Get him in the bin. In the big fucking sticky spider bin. Full of webs. Speaking of webs, Ben. <laughs> yeah, go on. Sony released promotional images for Madame Web this week. And I had to spend oh, I had to spend an hour and a half looking at it to figure out if it was real. <laughs> it's mid journey. It's gotta be. It's a hundred percent Ben, your friend and mine, Sean, sent it to us or sent it to me, I think, um maybe a week ago. And I just went, Oh yeah, that's funny. That's kind of yeah, that's that's a good kind of what it would look like if it was on the CW in like nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. yeah. But no, it's real. This is a uh. real promo image of the real actress Dakota Johnson. In the real Madame Web suit, and Michael, I'm gonna pull. I'm gonna pull it up here because I, I just, I cannot fathom this, ladies and gentlemen. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a real. Um, okay. So you will be looking at this if you're listening to it on any of our social networks. Benjamin, um, look at it. Yeah, look at the soft focus, Ben. 
Look at the halo effect of lighting around her. It looks like she's in a still promo image for Baywatch Knights superheroes. Michael, look at the makeup job. Look at the makeup. (laughs) What have they done to notoriously attractive woman Dakota Johnson? What is this? Why is she wearing 1997 clubbing makeup? Michael, this isn't 1997. This is 1973 Charlie's Angels. He's about to sprint down to the beach and say, Hi, Charlie, and get a job. There's like a, it's there's a good whiff of early 2000s Katy Perry off this look as well, though. Oh, it's fucking bizarre, Michael. <laughs> it's absolutely like, mad. I, now, I unless... Yes, go on. Unless yes. there is a time-jumping element to this that we're not aware of. Uh, maybe. But even then, like, she looks like she's wearing a wig. She's definitely wearing a wig. She's been down the wiggery by the look of things. I think they've AI enhanced her jawline. I don't know what, I don't don't get it. I honestly don't get it. It it genuinely looks, it looks like something from the kind of Saban entertainment era of fantasy and sci-fi shows filmed in New Zealand. Yeah, like Lucy Lawless is a co-star on this and Carl Urban is going around in a pair of Cupid yeah. wings. Like it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, now, my, ladies and gentlemen, that's a deep fucking cut. Look that up and, and do yourselves a favour. <laughs> um, but come here, like this is going to sound like this is two men on the internet being misogynistic about a woman's appearance. And in fairness... No. In fairness, it could be perceived as that. But just look up the image. Just look it up. And just you'll realise... Oh, I mean, Dakota Johnson... Benjamin, without wanting to be too misogynistic about it, Dakota Johnson is a fabulous looking woman. We're not commenting on her physicality in any way. It's just, it's, it's so out of time, this, this We're we're commenting on the late 1998, early 2001 (laughs) themed leather biker suit they've put her in. It is absolutely Fucking bananas. I've never wanted, I've... Ben, I've never wanted to see this film more. This is look. This looks like unbidden. What I would come up with, formed yeah. as I was by yeah. the late nineties. If you just said Mick designed Dakota Johnson as yeah. Madame Webb for me, if you could hook that, you know that machine that the Japanese scientists have come up with, where they can just go into your brain and make yeah. pictures. This, this is, looks like what it would have come out of my brain. And Ben, just for clarity's sake. I'm saying that as a criticism. <laughs> I'm not saying this is uh, this is my personal yeah. ideal. You know, I'm saying this is what my unbidden subconscious would have come up with, and that's yeah, bad. That's it's not good. We certainly wouldn't allow it to do it any other way. Um, but yeah, ah, no. um, oh, it's very strange, Michael. I could not. Um, I I could not get over this when you put it in the thing because ladies and gentlemen we have a notion and I know we mentioned this notion sponsor us fucking hell the amount of times we say notion on this podcast but come here to me yeah we say do we have a notion and sometimes when we put things in we don't realise until we go back and check the notion so I went back and I got a smoky eyed 1970s Dakota Johnson just (laughs) boom straight in the face very strange very very strange yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, ah fuck Weird stuff. Weird stuff. Sony Ben. They'll never, never learn. learn. They'll never learn. Or, you know, maybe they maybe they just keep making money, so you know. They, they have, have learned. learned. 
that we don't have to try. People are going to go. And now people hate watch our stuff. <laughs> yeah. We're the ones who refuse yeah, to learn. That's us. It's on us. <laughs> anyway, I'm looking forward yes. to Parker's Angels uh, from Sony. That would be yep. good stuff. Good stuff all around. Can't. Michael, wait. speaking of the inexplicable appeal of certain things. Um, go on. There has been a massive rise in look at this man do fighty stuff very well. Oh, is it only fighty no, stuff? not at all. But that's what we're getting into today on the podcast, Michael. Because today we're taking a look oh, at the rise of good old-fashioned competence porn. Oh, competence porn. That's an interesting way of putting it. What exactly yeah. do you mean? So competence porn, Michael, is a 2009 term. Uh, yeah, it really? no, it, it, this this term originates in 2009, Michael, um, and it was from a blog post by a screenwriter by the name of John Rogers. Um, now, this is a deep cut for people who are into serialized TV of a gang of misfits going about things back then. But he wrote Leverage, Michael. No, oh, I thought you were going to say he wrote. Uh, no, do you remember Leverage? Very strange show. Uh, Criminal mastermind gets together a gang of people. It's your typical gang does a heist, but it's a heist of the week kind of gig. Um, And the very smart man, Michael, is um, the kind of um, the genius. They had an actress who was their spy debonair. Uh, Timothy Hutton paid uh, Nathan Ford. Um, and Nathan Ford was the, the brains of the operation, Michael. Uh, Gina Bellman played Sophie Devereaux, and she was the cool actress kind of disguise woman. Um, Christian Kane was the four foot five muscle of the whole thing. He was played by Elliot Spencer. Um, and then they had the, the tech guy. They had the demolitions girl. You know, it was one of those shows, Michael. But um, he wrote a relatively popular blog in 2009, Michael. Which, which is a limited phrase at the best of times, but that's what he did for a while. Um, he Elliot Spencer from um, Angel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? Elliot, uh, Christian Kane? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Christian Elliot Kane. Spencer. Cri- um, the character is Elliot Spencer, but the, the actor Sorry, is Christian Sorry, the, the actor Kane. is Christian okay. Kane. Sorry, Elliot Spencer is the, the character. Yeah, 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 sorry, I've mixed up all those different... Um, yeah, things yeah, there okay. I, I but uh, okay. that's what it is yes yeah, the guy off Angel but um, he penned this term Michael um, and it was particularly to describe the enjoyment that viewers seem to get from watching skilled characters efficiently plan and execute tasks and um, particularly Michael with an effortless feel to them um, okay. so they quite enjoy that um, and it goes from classical stories to modern stories. There are lots of examples of this. Um, now, some of these are taken from a classic um, kind of old school character perspective across different mediums. But the most modern example or the kind of rise of this in 2009 would have been the BBC Sherlock Holmes series. Oh. Um, yeah, today we look at that and we go, oh, oh rubbish. But it was huge at a certain point. It's now been... Um, kind of relegated to the realm of Stephen Moffat's weird stuff. Well, it ate, it, it, without wanting to get too deep into it, it ate its own tail. It had a, a couple of good episodes and then went so far back up its own anus that he was no longer hyper-competent. He was beyond competent to the point of there's no point watching this. Yeah, because he's just going to win. Yeah, he's going to win and he's going to solve the crime with information that we, the viewers, have no access to, no foreknowledge of. No one could possibly... So He would just walk into a crime scene and say, oh, 
there's one red thread there which means that this happened and then that happened and then I know that this happened B- nonsense yeah it's absolute rubbish, nonsense rubbish show first episode's good um, Key and Peele did a very interesting skit on that whole genre of um, kind of competent detectives or hyper competent detectives I suppose you'd call it where they had a guy yeah. come in I don't know if you remember uh, it doesn't matter I'm not going to describe a sketch on a podcast it's not going to go yeah. well no that would be rubbish anyway. that would be bad podcast yeah that would be awful podcasting I'm going to skip that there we go growth ladies and gentlemen who knew um, but this has been going on for years Michael Odysseus is a great example of that Odysseus is many people's favourite characters in the Iliad um, and the Aeneid and all the other big ones because he's just real clever he's real clever Um he famously came up with the conceit of naming himself nobody so that the Cyclops when he was asked who had hurt him said nobody has hurt me um, oh. and it's by nobody's treachery that I've fallen and so the other Cyclopses don't come in and help uh, the blinded Polyphoebus they just say ah silly Polyphoebus he's tripped and put out his own eye what an absolute messer yeah and we see examples of that all the time Michael including in some of our TTRPG games Um yeah, All yeah, the time. Yeah, 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 but yeah, 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 so it's essentially where a character displays exceptional skill and aptitude in carrying out complex tasks that we, the viewer, are then mystified by. Um, mm. So, uh, most importantly, Michael, competence porn tends to come on the side of the angels. Um, it's usually, what, what viewers enjoy is watching a character perform something in the case of being very, very good. Um, they're, they're on the morally right position, Michael. Um, right, like... Like John, like John MacGyver. MacGyver. John MacGyver is your classic example of a competence porn star, um, which is one that I've come up with, Michael. That's that's me coining that in 2023. That's good, very um, good. But he's a classic example of that because what he is um, is a man who basically, in no matter the situation, Michael, John's going to be fine. Yeah. What's his, what's his actual name? It's it is John, John MacGyver, MacGyver, yeah. Is it? Yeah. No, it is. is no, it? I don't know what it is. I was talking about our friend John. Um <laughs> who I used to trust in all kinds of situations. Um, Our friend John. And John, if you're listening, you're great in a a tight squeeze, John. Great stuff. Great in a tight squeeze. Angus! Angus Angus. MacGyver. That's even sillier than John. I would have preferred John. Um, (laughs) It fits, doesn't it? Because he's got it. So there's there's been a lot of thought into this, Michael, on, you know, what what in God's name is the appeal of this and why, why do we enjoy watching this so much? It's become increasingly... Um, popular the the number one thing is um, the notion of a greater good the appeal of low stakes Michael we enjoy watching these characters perform in high stress situations because we know that their competence is going to carry them through and they're going to win and that's a nice thing for a viewer to watch it's nice occasionally to sit back and go I don't have to sweat this because MacGyver's got it yeah he and that would have been a golden rule of television right through the 80s and 90s, Michael, where you could almost, to a point, say, even even mid to late 2000s, uh, 2010s, you could say, ah, well, nothing bad is going to happen because the character has to win. Now, those rules have gone out the window with TV shows like Archer um, or, you know, anything like that, where the notion of canon is just thrown out the window even marvel movies to a degree michael at one point you and i would have bet on oh well they can't go against that because that's against canon Nah, canon doesn't matter anymore so we've lost that a little bit but anyway most importantly michael it brings order to chaos and one of the prevailing theories uh, primarily by myself based on reading but other people too 
um, is the reason that this has become so appealing, and we're going to take a look at a few characters who've really risen to prominence in this regard, is because in an increasingly complex world, Michael, where when you turn on the news and yeah, you see what's going on in the world... Fucking hell. Genocide, Genocide, for example, in in the Middle East, perpetrated by a government who recently stated, Michael, that not even the Hague can stop us. Um, Yeah. And that's an official official statement from uh, the Israeli government there, Michael. Not even the Hague will stop us. That's not great. Um, For those who aren't keyed in on that, ladies and gentlemen, the Hague is the International Criminal Court, designed specifically to stop despots and uh, crimes against humanity from taking place. Yeah, yeah. Nah. <laughs> grand. Be grand. Nah. Um, so that's an official thing um, on their Twitter account. So you can go look that up. Um, we're not making that up. That's yeah. not hyperbole. But anyway, if you were confronted with something like that, Michael, you might say, Jesus Christ, I could do with a bit of escapism. And what if there was, say, a character, Michael, who came along and he just does it with his fists? Oh, um, Mr. T. Mr. T. I pity the fool. Guns doesn't matter. It's yeah. Mr. T. Yeah, he just punches. Just punch you. He just get you. He'll take a bullet and keep on coming. But that that appeal is there, Michael. Um, and you know, in a more in a more broader spectrum, it's been commented on that we we sometimes like to see those characters just do very well. Um, and it doesn't matter what the stakes are. They they will sort it out. It could be international politics. It could be a bomb. It could be a bunch of thugs in your neighborhood. It could be a gang of unruly youths. Ben, yeah. are we not just talking here about classic Hollywood heroes? Yeah, is that not what we're talking about? Is the fact that is the fact that this is now kind of resurging as a thing, as opposed to just the de facto? Is it not just the fact that we've had a generation and a half of heroes being reduced to bumbling, ineffectual idiots. Well, we have had that, and this is a resurgence of good old-fashioned machismo in many cases, Michael, but it's... To some degree, It's a little bit more than that. When we talk about the aesthetic of competency porn, there is a particular flow to the movement and logical problem-solving of this... I wouldn't call it a genre, because I don't think... It's a stylistic choice more than a genre. Competence porn is like a scene in a movie or a a sequence in a TV series that you might enjoy. The one that I kind of visually trace it back to, Michael, is the very appealing scene in Guy Ritchie's first Sherlock Holmes movie. Oh, the bit where he slows down time and punches that man in the ears. Yeah, and he goes, oh, he's he's, he's dodgy on his left knee and blah, 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 blah. And he goes to... And then, Michael, what we see... The best part is, in an old-fashioned show, you would have spent your budget on slowing down time, and then we would have just cut to the aftermath of the fight where Sherlock Holmes walks away. But instead, Michael, what we get to see is the load-up in slow motion, and then the massive discharge of all those moves happening at once in one swift kind of play, Mm. and we get to see that. And that is part of competence porn. That is part of the appeal of this stylistic choice. So we see that more and more, Michael, in the likes of John Wick and Reacher. John Wick is a great example of this. John Wick's action scenes are robotic. They are... Well, they were before Keanu Reeves started getting old. Yeah, okay, so we've lost a bit of that. But if we think back to the original John Wick, Michael, the the first John Wick is very silly when you put it on paper. 
Go on. This man's the greatest assassin who's ever lived. He got married. He lost his wife. She gave him a puppy. Ah, oh, the puppy's gone. Um, and he just unleashes hell. Yeah, great stuff. And when we saw this originally, Michael, we were all going, what? What do you mean that's a movie that Keanu Reeves is going to be in? And then we watched it, Michael, and everybody has walked away and we're four movies later and we're going, Jesus fucking Christ, I hope they make another John Wick. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. No, I'm not watching The Continental. Just give me more John Wick. Give me more John Wick. But everything in John Wick uses competence porn. Everything is a slick operation. Like checking into The Continental, the solid rules of The Continental, the ruthless efficiency of Lance Redding's Chiron character. Do you know what I mean? It's all there. And we get to see that efficiency play out again. What did I do? What's wrong? Why are you shaking Lance your head? Reddick, ben. Lance Reddick, Ben. Lance Reddick. Reddick. Did I say Reddick? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a that's, speech problem more than anything no, else, Michael. I'll get that's checked That's his English this. equivalent. Yeah. Hello, I'm Lance, Lance Redding. I'm, I'm Lance Redding. Oh, you're checking into the Continental, sir. Oh, Brit's at it again. Oh, yeah. Fucking it's hell. nice to see some of our lads coming to check in. What do you mean, our lads? I mean, our lads, we're both Irish podcasters. How dare you? How very dare you? How <laughs> fucking dare you? Um, how very dare you? But how come here to me. So that's man, part of <laughs> But come here to me. The, what? the the modern paragon of this, Michael, or the, the, the epitome of this bizarre resurgence in swift action meets ruthless efficiency, meets huge problems, systemic problems, being lowered down to thug of the week, is mm. Reacher in Jack Great Reacher. Like, Great stuff. It's, it's on its second season now at Amazon Prime, Michael. Mm. And it's heading well into its third. It's already been greenlit because people fucking love Reacher. Um, number one, because Alan Richardson is just fucking gas. What a huge man. <laughs> Alan Richardson's not that big, first ah, of all. Stop. Al- Alan Richardson is a big fella, but Jack Reacher is much bigger than Alan Richardson. How big is Jack Reacher? Supposed Jack to be. Jack Reacher's like six foot six or something. Ah. But that's what I mean. But the it's it's well filmed and well shot to make him look even bigger than he is. Yeah. He I'm looks not huge in it, Michael. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying he's not I'm not saying he's a little fella. He is a big guy. Yeah. But um it's actually like they do a very good job of making him appear bigger. Physically bigger, physically more imposing. Uh, through framing and through his actions and the way he carries himself. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's it's part of that. It's, you believe in the ruthless efficiency of Jack Reacher. Um, he just seems terrifying. So this is based on a TV series, or a, by a book series by Lee Child, Michael. Um, if you don't know who Lee Child is, um, your dad reads him on holiday. Yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe you Child- do now. Is Lee Child? Yeah, exactly. Maybe if you've lived through your Ultimate Spider-Man moment, you've just gone, oh, nothing's going to happen. I'll just start reading Lee Child. I'll just start reading is, Lee Child on the beach. Is Lee Child the guy who's on the ads at the moment saying, if you're a reader, you're secretly a writer? Yeah, that's him. That's Lee that's Child. Him, he's, on the BB- he's on the BBC Maestro series for okay, teaching you to write. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the most. It's two opposite sides of the literary spectrum there, Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, Neil Gaiman, super nerd fantasy. Um, Lee Child, your dad's favourite writer. Um, yeah. It's great stuff. But he started writing Reacher in 1997, Michael, and it's still fucking going. Um, and I would imagine there'll be a few more now as well, um, because this has gone really, really well. So um, Reacher appeals... Across the board, Michael, um, because we thought, originally when I saw the trailer for this, and I was like, this is appealing 
to that demographic in America that feels like masculinity has been forgotten or mm. that everything is woke PC. Now, that was my assumption, Michael. And it turns out I'm pretty wrong about that. Um, the, the Jack Reacher demographic is everybody. Everybody um, loves Jack Reacher. Everybody loves Jack Reacher, Michael. Um, people who generally enjoy a drama are tuning in to Jack Reacher. Um, people who enjoy sci-fi and fantasy are tuning in to Jack Reacher. People who like a superhero mm. are tuning in to Jack Reacher. Ben, um, Ben, yeah, I'm going to stop you there. Just Reacher. Just sorry, Reacher. Yeah, sorry. Are tuning into the TV series Reacher, but into the the character of Jack Reacher. But ben, yes, the TV series. Yes, I'm really proud of that because that's also a line that he says in the show all the time. Oh, is it? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. See, I haven't watched it. Oh, I see. I've right. watched bits of it yeah, yeah, for yeah. this episode because people are always calling him like Jack Reacher or Major Reacher or Sergeant Reacher, and he's like, just Reacher. Yeah, I and mean, then, and then I got to do it there. You great. got to do it there, yeah, see? It it's Meta, Meta Reacher. There's like seven people listening to this episode who are just clapping like a seal going, yes, fabulous, Nick. Yes. Great joke. But yeah, so Jack Reacher is appealing across the board. Not only that, Michael, it's piracy statistics Oh yeah, are through the fucking roof, which means that if you don't have Amazon, you still want Reacher. Yeah, yeah, which is ironic because Jack Reacher would probably beat you up for piracy. Probably. He's very American conservative. But anyway, that's a different thing for a different time. In this, Michael, he just appeals massively to the concept of what happened to a good old-fashioned sticking it to them with your fists. Yeah. Hmm? Just beat Hmm? people up. Just beat people up. The baddies. Beat up the baddies. Yeah. So he is a machine in this, Michael. And it's, it's it's no secret either because... All of their, all of their TikToks and short content is Jack Reacher pulling off a plan. Um, the one that's doing the rounds at the minute on TikTok is the one where he's buying new clothes. Yes. And the young woman behind the counter doesn't care. And Jack Reacher looks at her bewildered. Oh, Gen Z, what have you done to America? I'm giving you the almighty dollar mm. and you couldn't care less. And then, Michael, he goes outside and there's a carjacking happening. Yeah, yeah, and you. an ATM jacking yeah. at the same time. And the, the the safety blanket of Jack Reacher is he knows what's happening. Mm. He assesses the problem within 30 seconds, yeah, yeah, yeah. less yeah. probably. And he automatically knows what to do. What's he going to do? I'm going to go back. I'm going to wrap a jacket around my hand. Mm. I'm going to take this guy out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another snapshot moment in one of the trailers, Michael, where he kicks a car in just the right place while it's parked that it sets off the airbag in the face of the enemy. Great stuff. There's a moment, there's a line in it, Michael, where they say, they're coming for us now. And he just turns around and he says, good. Yeah. Because that's not a problem for Jack Reacher. Not a problem, because he's huge. It's not. So he's huge. And he can do it with his fists. Um, Systemic crime, corruption, um, military misuse of power, not a problem. Jack Reacher's going to come in, boom. Sort it out. Boom, sort it out with his fists. And that's kind of an extension. You're tapping your wrist there at me, Michael. But I got to keep going because I'm enjoying this topic. Fuck you. This is a one hour and 30 minute episode. Woohoo. Um, no, I'm kidding. We're, we're going to wrap it up now, ladies and gentlemen. But Jack Reacher is a perfect example of this. We've had so many examples of it throughout history, Michael. Um, we've seen Sherlock Holmes in various adaptations. He tends to end up being kind of a, a, 
uh, competence porn star. Um, Gregory House was a great example of that, Michael, from a very different perspective. Not often done with fists, but he always knew what was medically wrong. Yeah, yeah. Medically speaking, one of the biggest worry points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because most of us don't understand the complex machinery of the human and body. Also, uh, <laughs> um, also a much better much better interpretation of Sherlock Holmes than Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, than Sherlock Holmes than Sherlock, himself. I mean. Yeah, absolutely. We've seen other simple examples of that, Michael, in people like uh, Anton Sugar in No Country for Old Men. And again, that's a very stylistic choice. Anton Sugar always knows what to do. He's a baddie, yeah. though, so he makes us uncomfortable. Mm. And so probably not the best example of competency porn that we could possibly look for. Um, we've already mentioned Young John Wick. Mm. He's become massively popular over the years, Michael. But then I read a very interesting article in preparation for this, Michael, um, from a feminist perspective and how competence porn um, for women has been a thing much longer um, than it has been for the male demographic. Because in a male... Well, in the sense that the male demographic, Michael, has always felt comfortable in watching male characters do their thing. We don't really worry about the male characters because they'll sort it out. But for a long time in television, what we would get is very competent female characters who perhaps tackled the real world in a way that other women felt they couldn't from a feminist perspective. Does that make sense? No, like Penny from Inspector Gadget. No, I think probably looking more at someone like Buffy from Buffy who went up against vampires but vampires which were stand in for sexual pests um you know sexual pests <laughs> sexual pests <laughs> sexual, sexual predation pests. sexual pests is a much better term than sex pest um, that's so funny <laughs> sexual pests i don't know ben um, i disagree with buffy okay go on I, we're just always arguing no i that's mean right. I, no uh, me and buffy i mean not me and you no i disagree with buffy because buffy is not about buffy's competence a lot of time buffy is about her over aggression or naivety or um her lack of focus being an issue that she has to learn to overcome i think that's what makes buffy a great hero not that she's always ready for it like she does have great moments of like oh this was a trap and i knew you were coming the whole time but that's not her thing yeah okay all right that's fair like buffy's buffy's a scrapper yeah okay that's a, that's a good way um, of breaking it down what about Ben, the character Villanelle from Killing Eve? Yeah, so I think she would be a perfect example, except she doesn't serve the greater good. She is an example She's of exactly what you don't want from... I, it's funny, it is competence point, there's no doubt about it, because she's ruthlessly efficient and she cannot be stopped when she sets her mind to a task. Um, mm. But that's not what we want. And it's funny because we quite often leverage competence porn to create a huge sense of unease. We just talked about Anton Sugar. But one of the most famous examples is the Terminator, Michael. I'll be back. It, it's relentless. It knows how to use weapons no matter what it does. And it just keeps coming. We hate when the villain is always six or seven steps ahead of the hero because of their own competence. We're just like, oh, God damn it um, that's incredibly frustrating so we quite often use that um, to mess with our perception or really make us uncomfortable in a character um, another very interesting example of that Michael from the from the female point of view is Leslie Nope from Parks and Recreation no she's a lunatic though she's a lunatic but she's a ruthlessly efficient politician that gets things done in a system that is otherwise magic to most of us Um you know yeah i i see where you're coming from but leslie is i uh, 
just to be sure on what we're talking about, Leslie is yeah, too yeah. often humiliated. Yes. Like, Leslie's boyfriends cheat on her and she doesn't realise and... Like, Leslie is not a female Jack Reacher. No, she's not. She's not, like, unimpeachable, unbeatable, competent, ready for every situation. Exactly. Yeah, so that's a fair point as well. I think one of the things we probably have to look at, and the reason we can't call it a genre or a character type even, Michael, is that it is a stylistic choice for your character to be infallible. And sometimes that can be a bad thing because it can become very boring to watch a series. Mm. Um, we, we talked about it with MacGyver or the A-Team. How, like, how very dare you? They're going to get it done. Do you know what I mean? How very dare you? Every week what do you, you have to know how MacGyver... That was the whole thrill of MacGyver. Have you just called Have you just called cult TV classic MacGyver boring? No, but over a, over a period of time, Michael. It's like watching Doctor Who. Go on. It's rubbish. Doctor Who's going to get it done. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's rubbish. Especially in the Moffat era of Doctor Who, where Doctor Who became, once again, an infallible time god. Um, who always had the moral upper hand. And, you know, it's... It gets stale very quickly. We said it with Sherlock Holmes. Great. Oh, look at you. You're better than the meth. And, you know, you're solving crimes. But you're also an insufferable cock. And eventually, if it's not written well, if it doesn't have a clear re- resolution, you're there going, how, how did he do that? What What is this? Yeah. Not eventually, Ben. By the end of episode two. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. For, yeah. for other people, it might not have been the case. But for you, it was probably episode two. Yes. <laughs> Um, ladies and gentlemen Ladies and what? gentlemen Do you know what I am? Go on Starving I'm I'm an incompetent Oh yeah yeah um, Porn star Because What? I forgot to ask you to uh, Review this podcast And give us a nice review oh, Earlier well, in the episode Now it's too late Too late Ben No one's listening by now We're an hour and 20 minutes no, deep We're an hour and 20 minutes deep So um, Yeah look If you're still listening Thank you very much Um Go on and uh, give us a review there. We're going to have to start doing this at the top of the episode, Michael. Nah, too early. Then people will turn off because they're like, these are needy beggars. Nah, I'm going to start being a needy beggar. 2024. 2024, a year Controversy and begging. <laughs> Controversy and begging. That's what we're calling the podcast from now on. Uh, but come here to me, ladies and gentlemen. Who is your favourite competency porn star? Um, or what is your favourite bit of competence porn in cinema? Mm. What do you enjoy watching, ladies and gentlemen? Mm. Tell us more we didn't even get into david fincher's new the killer yeah yeah um we didn't have time but or oceans 11 michael what a classic example of competency porn Mm. god damn it anyway we'll get into it another time michael come here to me you can get in touch with us in a few different ways to let us know what your favorite bit of competency porn is uh you can jump up on the interwebs at www.shomrabiog.com s-e-o-m-r-a-b-a-g.com it means tiny room in irish does indeed. You can find us on our ACAST website, www.shirlooksherlistenpodcast.acast.com. Yeah, get up on it. Get up on it. It's nice. It's got everything up to date. It's pretty good. Um, come here to me. You can also find us in your more traditional social media ways. You can find us on Instagram at Podcast. I would say they're less traditional than websites, Ben. We're on threads at Podcast. <clears throat> Keep going, keep but if you'd going, like to get going. in touch with us directly and call Mick a prick to his face, <laughs> uh, you can hop up on the Discord down below in the description. Hop up on it, Benjamin. There's gas crack going on. Gas crack going on all of the time. Or 
you can forgo all that and you can join us next week anyway because we're never going to charge any money for this because it's just really not worth any money um we're going to look at a very similar kind of topic to this week michael another deep dive into culture in general why do we want stress in our stories why are things like the bear mm. revving our motors what's going on there yeah. well do not just turn it off and go and relax just turn it off and go and relax why do we want stress in our lives yeah. tune in next week to find or out or else